Good morning and good afternoon, everyone. I'm here with Jordan Coleman. Jordan is a old college friend of mine. We've known each other for many, many years. I won't identify how many years it has been, but Jordan is a founder of the Social Concierge and is also the general manager at Relics XYZ. I'm going to get him to explain some of these things and tell us a little bit more about how he is a gatherer and um, and is known for many, many different things. Thanks for being with me. Yeah, it's fun to be here. Um, yeah, just excited to be talking about the technology yes. and uh, our culture. It's amazing. Yes. So tell me what, so, so maybe walk us through like, started social concierge like 10 years ago. I mean, in college, you were throwing events, you were always gathering people. Um, and now we see you in web three. Can you draw the connections between that journey? Yeah, I'll try to keep it brief and yes, a little please. bit short and concise because <laughs> uh, it's been a long 10 years. But, um, you know, I've always been driven by bringing people together. That's always what I've been seeking as yeah. a creator. Uh, I consider myself an artist. And over the course of like, you know, 15, 20 years, all I've done is to create an outlet for mm -hmm. people to come together and have a great time. Yeah. Um, you know, gatherings and events are a big part of what culture is all about. It's like our shared beliefs. Right. And events are essentially just an expression of a culture and yeah. a community. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what I've been doing. Uh, you know, in the last 10 years, I've designed these experiences to uh, really connect with our technology layer. So mm. um, what we realized very quickly in the web to social media era is that beautiful events that were like vessels for photography were incredible uh, in terms of popularity mm -hmm. and people wanted to be at these experiences because they really wanted to, you know, utilize technology and shape culture, yeah. you know, through that technology. Yeah. And so the pandemic comes around uh, as a gatherer, <laughs> not the easiest thing in the world to be dealing with. I, I, thought, I, I thought you love Zoom calls. <laughs> oh, we tried, Jared, we tried, we tried to make events uh, in the virtual world. We tried world building. We tried to really like move our event design agency, the social concierge into the virtual space. Yeah. And what we found is that it just doesn't, the technology is not quite there yet. It's yeah. not sticky enough yeah. uh, and it doesn't really express uh, very well just right. yet. Yeah. Um, but what I found uh, really quickly during the pandemic with all this time on my hands is that I found um, these discords with crazy excitement you know yeah. it reminded me of twitter back in like 2006 and 7 you know when there was these small communities just having a ball creating together and mm -hmm. really the essence of it was all about non-fungible tokens nfts and you know it was really really apparent super quickly that this is where culture was yeah and for me as in a gatherer i could see that this new technology layer was going to take shape very quickly right and you know that was going to be sort of the next layer of our you know technology culture and yeah. experiences, events, gatherings um, were going to be shaped really dramatically by this new layer. Yeah. So obviously, um, I'm excited about it and um, just diving in headfirst to, yeah. um, you know, shape uh, the next iteration of what culture looks like uh, utilizing this technology layer. Okay, so when we think about um, NFTs, uh, I, I guess everybody understands or people who understand NFTs understand it, certainly in the context of art. Mm -hmm. So we're going to bypass the conversation on art here and try to move into other areas of NFTs. Before we get into that, let's first understand um, when you describe, like when your dad is like, when your mom, when your brother, when somebody who's not in Web3 says, like, what is an NFT, Jordan? How do you explain it to them? Well, I think first and foremost, you got to say it's like the buzziest word in culture right now. And you got to like, just like, <laughs> 
uh, be aware, self, self-aware and say like, <laughs> I know, I know you have a self, like a perceived notion of what right. this is already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like maybe park. It's that like for, a, lo- a loaded question with emotion somehow. Yeah. People are like, <laughs> Oh God, NFTs. Um, and you know, I, I get that reaction a lot, yeah. but when you really boil down what a token is, mm-hmm. what a token is going to unlock, uh, is it really has to do with distributed ownership. Mm-hmm. And when, um, you know, the skeptics are like, you know, what exactly is this right. stupid NFT? Yeah. You know, I really have to like, you know, back up and say like, listen, when you, uh, when social media first appeared on the scene, it really allowed everybody to create content mm-hmm. it was a you cr- turned you into a publisher yeah and it it sort of democratized publishing yeah and this tokenized technology with the buzzy word of nfts is going to sort of democratize ownership it's right. going to unlock all these new ways to own things yeah. and i you know that's really exciting um ultimately nfts are these like sort of um fun visual tokens uh that can be owned mm. and you know that ownership is really easy to prove and you know i think that that is what the foundational layer of this technology is about yeah so, I mean, you use some really interesting terminology there, which I think is really important. So democratizing ownership is certainly something I wouldn't say that we hear about a lot when we talk about NFTs. I think when we talk about NFTs or when we hear about it in the media, it's like people making lots of money flipping NFTs or speculating on NFTs or kind of poorly created art or um, profile pictures. You know, this is some of the narrative, but doc- democratizing ownership is interesting. So why does that actually matter? Like, why do we care about about something like that it's a really good question and you know i think that every new technology uh, has a lot of upsides and a lot of potential downsides and mm. i don't i think tokenized technology is exactly like all the other layers sure. of technology lots of interesting upsides and a lot of really right. you know potential pitfalls yeah. and you know i think that um, it's going to have both, you know, really interesting, you know, ways that it shapes culture yeah. and also things that like, maybe we look back on and say like, oh, wow, that was, that, that was maybe detrimental to right. some people in our culture. Sure. But, you know, right now, uh, owning things, um, in terms of like an a- assets, um, you know, I, I think is, you know, needs to be opened up to more people. Right. And I truly believe <clears throat> that, you know, in, uh, creating a new asset classes, uh, you know, you can open up a new type of ownership mm. to things that could never before be owned. So I approach it from an event and experience perspective. Uh, in the past, you would b- purchase a ticket for an event and that ticket, which is a barcode in your inbox, typically mm-hmm. with like an event bright at the top, yeah. is essentially a promise. It's right. a promise of access one time for one event. Yeah, It, it was... Um, storing a promise in a really simple way that you would uh, carry around until the moment that you would go to the event and you would scan that barcode the promise would be fulfilled and you would be into an experience right what's super interesting is that you could never really own that before right right you were renting you know that promise uh until you got to the event what makes tokens super interesting for somebody like me is that you can now own for a longer time than just a one-off experience that sort of um, access 
to an experience or to a community. Mm. You know, off the top, I said events are an expression of a community, yeah. right? And in the past, when you had like a ticket, you would you sort of rent that access to that expression and you would go to it and you would fulfill it and you would have this like great event. Yeah. Now you can actually own the access to that community in mm -hmm. general. Yeah. And so it really flips experiences and events on its head because uh, events turn, you know, the priority for events goes from being these one-off experiences yeah. to fulfilling an expression of a community over a more fluid timeline, right? Sort of always on. Yeah. And you know, I, that's a humongous dynamic shift. Right. Um, and you know, I think that from an ownership perspective, you could never really own that before. Yeah. And now you can. Yeah. And so the value of owning that, what does that look like? Um, and I think that that's a very interesting question. So if we, um, maybe break this down more practically. You're saying that um, I want to go to an event, so I buy an NFT, maybe on an NFT marketplace or wherever this thing is sold. So then I have something in my phone um, that gets me into something. Um, how how practically is how practical is this for? I don't I don't mean to, I feel like the word event planner is like a derogatory term to people who work in events but for lack of a better term how practically does this happen for someone who's putting on events where they can actually use something that's an NFT and how is it actually changed the experience for the person who's going to the event aside from how they're scanned into the event or whatever it is Yeah and you know I think because ownership is something you is not one-off right mm -hmm. you don't own typically you don't own an asset for like a one-off yeah. experience yeah. you own something for a duration yeah. a longer period of time um you know and i own a number of nfts that are you know your your access into a community building something together so let me ask you this like where does this community exist so if you have an nft you have access to a community like is this just on discord or is this physical there are these events that you can go to can you break that down yeah for sure i think the nft is is a access to a community in like uh, a mind space so okay. typically it's very digital yeah. uh, typically it's you know based in discord uh you know there's like access that you get into a discord that you yeah. know you get to participate with others in you get to yeah. meet other people um, and you know that can be then translated into um you know like a barcode or a qr code that gets you access to physical events as yeah. well okay you know in the case of of you know me i own a moonbird i'm lucky to own a moonbird nft yeah. which is kevin rose and his team mm -hmm. you know and for nft nyc which is coming up here you know they use token proof which is like a you know another piece of technology that verifies that you own that i own that moonbird yeah. and gives me a qr code which i is a dynamic QR code that I can't share with anybody else. Mm -hmm. And I can then scan at the door of that event to get access to a physical in real life experience. Now, typically that would have been like sort of a one-off, but yeah. I go, I'm going to this experience and I can only go by myself. I can't bring my wife or my right. friends because there's yeah. no plus ones. Right. I'm going to meet other people as part of this community. Uh, and you know, this is a community that's here for the long term right. and is going to be around for uh, probably quite some time. This in real life experience that I'm going to, which gets, you know, is verified by my ownership of that NFT by a barcode, a QR code through a piece of technology that verified that I own it and I'm continuing to, to own it yeah. uh, is going to be like one expression of that community yeah. uh, and it, you know, over the long term, really. Okay. So you go to the Moonbird, Moonbird, Moonbird event, and if we, we use that as an example, what is it about owning this piece of art in this situation 
that unites you to this group of people that you would want to spend any time with. Because just because you both own this thing doesn't mean that you naturally share any value system or have any demographic connections or you're in the same geography. What is it that would make you want to hang out with people who own the same JPEG as you? Yeah, I mean, it, communities are about shared belief and about like mind. And, and really, at the end of the day, when you are you know, joining a community, you know, you're saying, like, I believe the same things as these people believe. Right. I, you know, I share an interest with these people. Okay. You know, and, you know, like, think about it, going to a conference. When you go to a conference, it's a really easy thing to understand. Yeah. You know, typically it's got a topic right. or it's like a, you know, based in a particular business adventure type or a research, you know, scientific, you know, uh, intention. You're going because you're trying to meet other people who have the same interest as right. you, right? You believe the same things. And so for Moonbirds, I think that what Kevin has always done is like gathered these like really interesting communities online. Uh, and, you know, when I was evaluating you know different nft communities that exist for me that that community which is like honest and transparent mm -hmm. and you know was a bona fide legit builder um you know they had like a metaverse experience that they plan in the future right you know i believed in that team and i wanted to be take part in that community because i felt like that's where i was going to find the most like mind in terms of ownership of an nft so you join um uh, the Moonbirds community, not necessarily because you like the art, although maybe that is part of it. Um, how much of you being part of the community, if we were to say, you know, there's a there's a, a hundred reasons to join a community, or, or maybe there's a hundred points, how many points would you attribute to the fact that it's really cool to own a Moonbird or a board Ape or whatever the trendy thing is for you? I actually dislike my Moonbird. Uh, <laughs> It's not, it's not cool. In you my didn't mind. get the best one. No, I did. Definitely didn't get the best one. Did you, did you mint the Moonbird? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you yeah. didn't know what you were going to get. Didn't know what I was going to get. Uh, I, I don't like it. It's like a nerd bird. It's like got nerd <laughs> glasses. It doesn't identify with me at all, <laughs> at least in my head. Um, so I don't like it, but that doesn't matter to me because, you know, it's not about, for me, it's not about the identity piece, you know, in yeah. this particular, you know, case. Yeah. It's truly about what, the team is building and my desire to participate in building that with them yeah. and meeting other really interesting people in that community. Right. And, you know, for me, the, the value, the, the, you know, the utility of it um, is more tactical yeah. and, and less about status. Okay. You know, I think it's just a really going to be a really interesting community to take part in. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So um, we have this, um, you know, as we, as we said, a lot of NFTs, people are into it for art. You're speaking it from a community building perspective, a gathering perspective. Um, what other, do you have any other examples of utility for NFTs beyond the art stuff that you can see people continually using this technology for? I mean, I, right away, um, I was attracted to like the NFT space because as a child, I was a collector. Uh, I love- So let's, let's go back to this. I've only recently learned that you collect hockey cards. Yeah, love so hockey cards. you love hockey cards. Does that make the entry point into NFTs earlier? Because like I'm not a collector. I've never okay. like collected cards and stuff like that. Um, do you think that this allows you uh, a better understanding of this space? Because part of NFTs is is collecting. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I think there's a particular mindset, um, a subset of 
of us who just like love collecting yeah. things, right? Yeah. For various reasons. Yeah. Um, some of them are, you know, identity driven. Right. Um, and, you know, we're like sort of expressing our like sort of imitation or mimetic desires yeah. through this like thing, the physical item. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of it's about, you know, collecting the utility and like creating sets and achievement and completion, which also from my mind really works very well. I just like it. Cause in collecting hockey cards, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's any utility. Is there? Uh, it's a good question. Um, and it, yeah, I think utility is like, a, it, it's kind of a loaded word, just like NFTs sure, are sure, a little yeah. loaded. Um, you know, does the uh, collecting cards allow me to interact with another, you know, somebody else who's a collector yeah, okay. who also really likes cards? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it does. Okay. And I think that has a lot of social utility. Yeah. And so I think, um, to get back to the question, I think that uh, utility uh, is loaded. But I, I do think that as a collector and somebody who enjoys collecting, I think that, you know, being able to own, own something and, you know, being able to prove that ownership is a mm-hmm. really important part right. of the collector experience. Right. And so I do think that there's an incredible use case for, you know, anything that's collectible right. uh, in this space. Yeah. And, you know, right now I'm working on a music NFT collectible project called Relics, um, which is really about creating that music fan experience, which we had, you know, pre-streaming services yeah. and sort of pre-MP3. Yeah. Because, you know, when I was in my, you know, teens, I loved collecting, you know, things from bands and yeah. groups that I loved, you right. know, merchandise, yeah. CD covers. Yeah. I'd line up at HMV for like the latest <laughs> release and being part of being part of that band's journey was yeah. really fun, right? Yeah. It was it was a it was a collector experience. Yeah. And that's missing in music right now yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And so I think that there's a, an amazing use case for people who like love collecting, you know, and looking at it in the lens of, you know, relics, yeah. it's about bringing back that music fan experience right. because you can collect it yeah. again. I think when we look at kind of the world of art in the broadest sense, I think the musicians have taken uh, the brunt of the poor deal. They have kind of been screwed the most when it comes to like technology. And uh, I hope as a struggling musician myself, um, that to see that that shifts for musicians. I know guys that have 200 million listens on Spotify and um, are struggling to make a living, um, which yeah. is insane. It's, it's insane when you can tour the world um, in huge theaters and you're, you're barely making a living. And so, you know, a project like this, uh, you know, can hopefully save some of these musicians from having to work at the local coffee shop, which I think is really, really important. Is the music NFT thing happening now? Are we seeing this currently happening or is this still a bit more in the future when we see um, maybe royalties move back to artists versus uh, the record labels? Yeah, I think we're really, really early. Yeah. And in fact, I think that like we're sort of in like the 2002, 2003 era of like of like the um, streaming pre, pre-social media days, oh, right, you yeah, know, yeah. I think like, you know, like YouTube, was, I think was founded in 2003. Like we're yeah. kind of in like the pre-YouTube days even yeah. maybe possibly. So it's very, very early, right, right, right. you know, and I think for music NFTs, it hasn't quite caught on yet. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's okay. But what it has caught on and what is pretty apparent is there are musicians out there making incredible livings, releasing music as tokens instead of relying on the current system and when we actually talk about utility and let's like put it in the frame of musicians creating music i think the biggest utility of this tokenized technology is its ability to remove intermediaries in relationships that maybe have developed over time that aren't super healthy anymore 
And yeah. a great example of this is intermediaries in the music industry, which take a huge portion mm -hmm. of the value mm -hmm. of the musician's creative output yeah. uh, and take it for themselves. Yeah. Now, in the past, totally totally justified because distributing music in a physical sense was very difficult for a musician to do. Right. But now in this era, it's a lot easier to create music and distribute it because it's all digital. Yeah. And so I think that the holdover of the intermediaries from that period of time, you know, uh, still exists today, uh, take a humongous part of the value proposition and a humongous part of the, the value chain from the musician themselves uh, and leaves the musician, the, the creator, with yeah. so little. Right. And so what is becoming very apparent very quickly, even though we are in the earliest days of this technology and this whole like shifting culture, yeah. is that um, those musicians who are releasing you know, music on the blockchain via, to via tokens are being rewarded incredibly right. well and i think that's super exciting it's like i've seen musicians and, and artists in tears about the fact that they've just been so lucky and they've changed their whole <laughs> lives have changed and like that's amazing who doesn't like that yeah that's really good and i mean we see artists now maybe releasing a song as, a, as an nft is and then you 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 purchase that nft and then you as a, an owner of that nft benefit from the popularity of that song in shared revenue as well um, and so I could buy the artist NFT, and if that song does well in the open market, in streaming, I actually can benefit from that. And so I'm kind of now almost funding or investing into the artists I love, which I think is kind of a cool value proposition, which is fairly new. Um, okay, so I've heard uh, Gary V, who everybody loves, uh, obviously, uh, or loves to hate, I mean, I find he yells a little bit too much, but he says that everybody is going to own an NFT or many NFTs in due time. Uh, what do you think of a statement like that? For me, it seems really obvious that he's correct. Uh, I mean, we could all be wrong and this could not be as big as we're all thinking it will be. Right. Um, but, you know, if you look back in the early days of, you know, social, uh, I think that there were a lot of people who doubted that it was going to become as big as it did. Yeah. And now looking back, hindsight's like perfectly clear. Social media, the distribution um, of publishing rights to basically anybody who wanted to. Yeah. I would say debatably uh, is one of the biggest culture shifts we've ever seen, yeah. uh, particularly in our lives. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like this is maybe bigger, right. um, you know, uh, democratizing ownership yeah. versus democratizing publishing. Right. I mean, how much is it, how much, how many things are going to change if that becomes true? Yeah. So many things. Right. Uh, and so, I mean, does everybody own like an NFT in the future? It seems pretty apparent that yeah. it were headed on a similar trajectory if not yeah. a bigger one yeah that's great what is it that um what do you what do you think uh, the biggest barriers right now for kind of the average person getting into nfts well it's super complicated and you know there's a lot of um there's a lot of problems with being in custody of your assets, uh, you know, fully without anybody else helping to protect you. Mm -hmm. I think that like it's it's obvious and cliche to say that like there's a lot of the problems, hacks, scams, mm -hmm. um, just in you know the in the how you know, self custody works. And I think that the biggest barrier, at least in my opinion, you know, is that is that situation right. and you know it just is very uh it's very scary yeah to own things and be in full custody without having somebody to help protect you yeah you know that 
plays into regulation, but that also plays into the user experience as well. Yeah. User experience is very complicated because you are in full custody yeah. of all of your assets. Yeah. And I think that it needs work. Yeah. Like it needs major work. The user experience is very challenging, right? It's hard. It's going to be very hard for, um, you know, my mom to own an NFT at this point because the step, the number of steps you have to work through to do this is outrageous. I think we can all agree upon that. <laughs> yeah, it's way too complicated. It needs to be streamlined. And, you know, I think that we also need some extra protections. Uh, not all of us want to be in full custody of all of our assets right. and in full control because it uh, it can be very tricky to make sure that they're yeah. secure yeah. and to make sure that you're behaving in a way that keeps them all secure. Yeah. It's I believe there's a huge need in you know the web3 space mm. to make the protection of those assets just an easier user experience right. yeah. yeah that's good okay i want to ask one last question what are you most excited about in the nft space well i look at the last decade of producing festivals and events and experiences around social media and i look at all like the positivity that came from it all the mm -hmm. the love and the connection you know people having you know remarkable and memorable experiences that like really like in their lives timelines like stand out right you know i've been witness to that i've been producing those moments mm -hmm. for like over a decade now mm -hmm. and i got to see how the social or the technology layer that social media layer like really amplified yeah. those experiences for people yeah in my opinion what i'm super excited about is to watch this new technology layer uh take shape yeah and to see how uh you know people can express themselves mm. and be together yeah. in different ways, how communities can form that are like really authentic yeah. and they give people a purpose and a meaning in life. Yeah. You know, I think that's actually like super beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just like super amazing and I just really excited for it. <laughs> I love the intersection of technology and community because I think technology often, even though we call it social media, people often say, well, it's not very social and it mm. breaks up communities and, and all this negative stuff. It can. And, and it, yeah, exactly. And I, and I love the fact that you look at technology in a positive perspective and say well here's some really cool things that we can do with it and here's how web 3 enhances some of these challenges that we may have had in web 2 or in real life and how we can go about maybe accelerating um, some of the great positive things about human connection which coming out of a pandemic um, is uh, is inc incredibly important for us all yeah, you know, I think it it really comes down to your belief in technology. Mm. Do you believe that it's a, a greater good? You know, does it create more good than downside? Yeah. I truly believe that yeah. it does. Not everybody shares that mind, and that's okay right. too, um, because I think it's uh, it's hard to objectify. It's hard yeah. to like measure. Yeah. But I, I mean, I truly believe that technology definitely you know uh, adds more than it takes away. Yeah, you know tokenized technology, NFTs, you know, the blockchain, they're going to have a lot of downsides. Mm. The financialization of everything, right. I don't know if it is, it's in our best <laughs> interests, uh, you know, but, you know, can, can communities uh, rally easier? Can we, can we like coordinate more effectively mm. when you own a piece of that objective yeah you know in my opinion i mean i think that's really hard to debate that that's yeah. going to be a greater good and it will be interesting to see how this comes about with raising money for maybe nonprofits, for example something you believe yeah. in how will this continually shape the way that that happens when people have something that they really believe in and they want to get behind instead of just giving a donation your involvement in that community could be amplified quite significantly through some of the things that you're talking about which is really exciting yeah i mean yeah um charities and nonprofits and uh 
you know, which are vehicles for, you know, societal good, yeah. you know, I think have an incredible use case here. Yeah. And I think that um, a big part of having produced a million charity events in my life <laughs> and uh, galas uh, to raise money for causes, you know, really at the end of the day, it's like an expression of that community to try and do good, yeah. you know, and if that community is better incentivized, um, you know, over time versus mm -hmm. just coming to a gala once a year, I think that like, it could really unlock a lot yeah. of wild opportunities that yeah. we're actually not totally, that we can't totally see yet. Yeah. You know, that's great. That's great. Jordan, it's really been uh, excellent chatting with you. I think you've given us a good landscape of, uh, of NFTs beyond just art and how it can impact even social change, community building, gathering, all of these types of things which are, which are built into the fabric of our society. So I really appreciate uh, you spending some time with me here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks. thanks.